know a lot about golf. And it is us, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. And we are going to talk about mistakes golfers make. Yes, that's you. Lots of them. We're talking to you. And we're going to hit on all the biggies. And I guarantee that you have done at least one or two or 12 of the things we're going to mention. I made a yeah, big mistake. Like I made a big mistake yesterday. Yeah. Big mistake. You yesterday. let your wife know <laughs> that you joined I, the country. Club. I didn't let her know, man. I mean, who knew she listened? <laughs> who knew? <laughs> I think that might be the funniest thing <laughs> I've heard in a long, long, yeah. long time. Yeah, I get this text. What uh, what golf course are you talking about? You joined now? I don't know. We were going to discuss that, <clears throat> but anyhow, the mistake. No, that's just for talking on the radio. Yeah, that's it. The mistake I made was thinking that that f- aforementioned club might have changed a bit since they probably had six total rounds for the month of January based on the weather around here. We had a very beautiful day on Monday. I mean, high temperature, they said it's going to be 70 degrees. So I called them and said, you going to be open? And went, no, we're closed on Mondays. I said, uh-huh. <laughs> This may be like the only Monday this month. No, yeah. sir, we're closed on Mondays. So, okay. So I went to the municipal golf course 13 feet away from my house and actually paid money to play golf there. And Uh-oh. there were no openings. I mean, I, I had to sneak in. with They had to hook us up with an existing twosome. It was terrible, man. It was like one nice day and every golfer in town came out to play. It's like, doesn't anybody work here anymore? But- oh, see? <laughs> You paid to play for your club membership, yeah. and now it's not even just the, the, I, I the season has yet to be gone. I know. And you're spending money on public golf courses now. I know. In addition to this. <laughs> I know. And here's the funny part. You've just found out that your wife actually listens to the podcast, <laughs> so she heard that too. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Genius move. Genius move. Oh, well. oh, see, this is just <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm glad. You know, Shakespeare once said, there's something in us that delights at the misfortune of our friends. <laughs> you keep bringing it up. And he's right. Over <laughs> and over again, it happens. Mistakes golfers make repeatedly. We're going to try to fix it for you. Hang out. We'll be right back. You know, the Super Bowl's over. You know what's coming next? Baseball season. And you want to get up close and personal with some of the guys on your favorite team. What you need to do is go to spring training. Now, if you go out to the Cactus League spring training in the Phoenix area, you're going to get 15 Major League Baseball teams, 10 stadiums, all within the greater Phoenix area, and a lot of other stuff to do. You can go to the game. You can get your autographs. You can get up close and personal with the guys. And then take the family. I don't know. Go see the Grand Canyon. Go take your clubs and make sure you hit some of the golf courses around Scott Stale and Phoenix. Great courses there. But of course, it's Major League Baseball time. And, you know, a lot of us can't get to a Major League Baseball stadium. Spring training. 
10 stadiums, 15 Major League Baseball teams. It's less expensive, it's much more intimate, and Phoenix is a lot of fun. Plan your spring training getaway right now. Go to visitarizona.com slash springtraining. That's visitarizona.com slash springtraining. You know, golfers, we love gear. It's a big part of our game, and we put a lot of time and, and let's face it, a lot of money into getting it right, whether we're researching our next irons or maybe even testing out some new tees. But there is one important piece of equipment that we overlook, your golf cart battery. Most of us don't consider the quality of our battery. That That is until it dies, and we're stranded out in the middle of the course. That's why we want you to know about the Relyon Insight battery, the intelligent golf cart battery that utilizes intuitive software for better performance and fewer disconnects. The Relyon Insight battery is powered by lithium, not lead acid, so it charges faster, provides more range, and requires no maintenance. It's a drop-in replacement, so just connect and go. You can learn more at RelyonBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use our special promo code GolfGuys for 10% off. Plus, you'll get a free charger when you order two or more Insight batteries. Again, that's RelyonBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use promo code GolfGuys. And no other lithium battery compares to Relyon's. Order yours today. Hey, thanks for hanging. We are back. Those weekend golf guys, John Ashton here in studio, Jeff Smith, the number one golf instructor in the state of Indiana, according to Golf Digest magazine, uh, well ensconced in his uh, golf cave at Timbergate Golf Course in Edinburgh, Indiana. He's got some some stuff he wants to fix for you. Mistakes. Running outside. It's a good day to make. be in the cave. It is, man. It's yeah. raining. It's chilly. Mm-hmm. So how many guys, because you've got a great view of the course from your golf cave. You I can, do. I you turn my head to the left, yeah. and I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> you can see many of the tees. You can see a couple of the greens. Yeah. Other than the way they dress, how many golfers do you see trying to emulate what they see on TV? Oh, <laughs> you know, that might be the number one thing that keeps me in business. <laughs> either that or it's they, they emulate the things that they heard on, on TV, either – you know, either the televised golf shows or they read it in some magazine or they wound up online in some portal out there that you can look at any video you ever saw. And uh, it's great. Yeah. That stuff keeps me in business. I, One I would... of the funniest things mm-hmm. that I always have is I got a guy comes in and uh, he looks like Craig Stadler and he thinks he needs to swing like Adam Scott <laughs> all the time. Okay. Look at how that guy does it. <laughs> you make me swing like DJ. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> I got to make you swing like Craig Stadler. <laughs> He's a tour player, too. <laughs> I don't want to swing like that guy. So, well, <laughs> you probably ought to start on the other end. <laughs> May not try to look like that guy. <laughs> you know what? I heard this. It was a it was a joke from a, a great teacher friend of mine who, at this moment, I will leave him nameless <laughs> to protect the innocent. Mm-hmm. In case his <laughs> wife's listening, go on. Right. He, he said at one time, he said Craig Stadler got more money from clothing companies than anybody else because they were paying him not to wear their clothes. <laughs> That's what he said. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, so we got a, we got a bunch of golfers out there that that are that are always looking to swing like a tour player. For mm-hmm. example, just recently, you know, Matt Wolf wins a golf tournament and his swing doesn't look like anybody else's. 
Okay. Right. You know, the club head takes away and it's way outside of his hands and his hands move away from his body on the takeaway. And then it goes up and then he loops it and resets the club. So it gets behind his hands mm-hmm. and behind his back. And then he does this thing with his hips that he turns them open a whole lot very quickly. And the club comes slinging in and he hits great golf shots. Now, all of a sudden, everybody wants to swing like that, especially <laughs> all the young guys. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. there's a hot teacher out in California teaching him this move. The truth is, is that that was really great for him. A lot of other people think, oh, I got to do it now because one guy went on tour with that. Yeah. You know, what's funny is they don't ever come to me and say, you make me swing like Jim Furyk. I was going to bring that name up. Is that mm-hmm. they're not all that dissimilar. Yeah. They both start the club in one place and reroute it to another place. And it is not traditionally on any particular swing plane that we're used to looking at. Right. Nobody said that to me about Jim Furyk's golf swing. And he's won a lot of money. Yes, he has. Now, granted, it is the absolute beginning of Matt Wolf's young career. But people are always saying, "You, how about, can you teach me that Matt Wolf golf swing? Sure, I can. But you're not going to be able to play it. But I can teach it to you. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh-huh. no question about it. Yeah. I can show you all the stuff that's going on about that. You can try that all you want. And you can pay me for a golf lesson to learn that. But I'm clearly going to tell you what's right for you and what's not right for you. And then when you come back to me later and say, well, this isn't working, I'll just kind of refer to my earlier statement. This isn't right for you. (laughs) I'll teach it to you. Yeah. Even worse, though, are the people who would watch a, a Matt Wolf golf swing and go out and try to emulate it on their own. Without asking someone to teach it to them, they take what they think they see and try to mimic it. And maybe what they think they see isn't what's really happening, and mimicking it is not really what they're not doing what he's doing, and wonder oh, yeah. then why it doesn't work. And probably before they call you for a lesson, they have to call a chiropractor to fix the stuff that they dislodged trying to do a swing they couldn't handle. Oh, yeah. So. It's not often where you're really spot on like that. <laughs> so I thought I'd just say, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Okay. Good point, John. I just John. want you to know that, right? <laughs> no argument here. I got no. you, man. That's that. That's one of the mistakes. And I have seen lots of people I've played with who, who will tell you purposely, I was watching the tournament this weekend and I saw, insert name of pro here, do it this way. And for some yeah. reason, it just doesn't have the same effect or the same no. result. It's no, it sad it just doesn't so i guess the lesson is stay within yourself learn how to do it your way oh there's a couple things you know learn to do it the best way for you which is different than learning your way okay you know you hear this thing you got to swing your own swing okay so let's define that a little bit okay right there is a swing and i'm not going to get all mystical and karma ish on you (laughs) I'm not going full-blown Bagger Vance on you and going your true authentic swing and Uh all those. I'm not not headed down that road. But I'm talking about biomechanically what is best for you. It's the swing that matches your unique physical stature and your structure on how you move the best. How did you essentially get all of your joints to match up with each other to produce your most effective, most repeatable, most efficient, and injury-free golf swing Hmm. now that is worth knowing instead of going down this road of some swami (laughs) golf teacher you know Mm -hmm. that says just feel yeah (laughs) like wait a a second (laughs) i'm not denying the feel part (laughs) i'm denying the fact that you can start there (laughs) and actually have better mechanics you start with great mechanics 
and you get them to work the west the way they work because you know some people aren't built the same. Look, you look at Craig Stadler and Ernie Els. Mm-hmm. These two guys have great mechanics for who they are, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of undeniable that you know nobody would turn down the ability to move as efficiently as both those guys did, but yet they're very different. Yeah, extremely different. Right. One looks but like their mechanics match their body. Yeah. One's built like a fire hydrant and the other one's tall. Yeah. And to think about that, they they each have their own set of mechanics that match them. And if we can do that, mm-hmm. we are in really good shape. Yeah. Because if, if we can do that, now all of a sudden this whole conversation about swinging your own swing now starts to take on a life that makes sense to say, all right, I've done this. Mm-hmm. I'm swinging what I should be swinging. It's easy. It's not complex, not hard to do. Right. I don't have to think too much about it, right? But this whole go copy somebody else bit, come on, man. Yeah. We've been doing that for years to no avail. Yeah. It, you'd, you'd think that you'd learn after the first time you tried. I guess you just keep watching the pros and hopefully you'll find one of them that you think matches you. But none of them match you because they all can play golf really well. <laughs> yeah. So, so, you know, hang yeah. it up, guys. Hang it up. Take a lesson or two. Learn mm. you. Yeah. Be you. A lot of truth in finding out what's your own blueprint. Mm-hmm. We all have them. The other mistake is falling prey to that uh, whole, here, buy this club and hit it 156,000 feet in the air, straight down the middle, every time. Right. Guaranteed. I mean, come on. We all know there's no shortcuts, right? Yeah. So this, this new 16-degree <clears throat> driver <laughs> that you can go hit off the fairway just as long as you can hit that 16-degree five wood <laughs> yeah. off the ground. Yeah. Right? And, and, you know, and they do this and they give you this thing and they put a little gold plate on the bottom of it and they call it something new, you know, and, and they give it a cool name with some letters and some numbers and whatnot, you know, and it's like, okay. And they get a, and they get a guy who, you know, is a, a former golf pro at some point in mm-hmm. his career yeah, and say, I got it. You go get this thing. Your game improves. That's right. And a whole bunch of people flock to it and they sell a handful of them. And then when the sales track down, there's probably, they probably got a nice little formula, you know, and they'll mm-hmm. come out and create a different company with the same club and change the bells change. and whistles on it a little bit and call it something new and create a new infomercial about it. Yeah. Change the name, change the pitch, change mm-hmm. the pitcher. The results will be the same. Disappointing. Yeah, because they figured at best. out, they figured out that, that offers are particularly a little bit more gullible than the rest of the human race. <laughs> I think, I think we got a certain segment of the population of golfers that goes, I'll try anything except a golf lesson from a qualified teacher. I'm going to spend a bunch of money on a whole bunch of empty promises. That's right. You know, more gullible or just more hard up, man. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. More mistakes. We're sure you have made one or two of these too. We're coming back. Stick with us. You want to see how great a golf instructor Jeff Smith really is. It's very easy. $5golfclub.com. The number $5golfclub.com. You know, the Super Bowl's over. You know what's coming next. Baseball season. And you want to get up close and personal with some of the guys on your favorite team. What you need to do is go to spring training. Now, if you go out to the Cactus League spring training in the Phoenix area, you're going to get 15 Major League Baseball teams, 10 stadiums, all within the greater Phoenix area, and a lot of other stuff to do. You can go to the game. You can get your autographs. You can get up close and personal with the guys. And then take the family. I don't know. Go see the Grand Canyon. Go take your clubs and make sure you hit some of the golf courses around Scott 
Scottsdale and Phoenix. Great courses there. But, of course, it's Major League Baseball time. And, you know, a lot of us can't get to a Major League Baseball stadium. Spring training. 10 stadiums, 15 Major League Baseball teams. It's less expensive. It's much more intimate. And Phoenix is a lot of fun. Plan your spring training getaway right now. Go to visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. I want to talk to you about my wife. She is a critical care nurse, works four 12-hour shifts a week at the hospital. Her niece hurt. And she's tried the icy hots and the Bengays of the world only to say, yeah, I got 20 minutes of relief. That pain is right back again. So I got this bottle of stuff in the mail. This is Omax Health. It's called CryoFreeze CBD. They developed it at Omax Health. It's a non-prescription, triple-action pain relief roll-on, specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. All right, so she rolled it on and went to work. Came back in the morning, and you know what she said to me? It works! Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryptoFreeze pain relief roll-on, plus free shipping. Now, the discount also applies to anything, any product, site-wide on their website. Just go to omaxhealth.com today. Enter the code WEEKEND and take advantage of this incredible savings. That is omaxhealth.com and enter the code WEEKEND. You'll get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything else site-wide. omaxhealth.com. We're back. Those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. And we're talking about mistakes. Mistakes that you, yes, Mr. and Mrs. Golfer, mistakes you make on a regular basis. I made one the other day, man. And I hit the most beautiful, beautiful seven iron in the world. High, straight. The only problem was it was straight where I was aiming, not straight where I needed it to go. <laughs> I thought I was aimed in the right place, but... I don't know. Maybe the, the whole pre-shot routine thing is I do it a little too quickly now. Or maybe when you've got other people you don't know, you don't want to sit there with the club out in front of you aiming or any of that stuff. I don't know. Is it I, ego? You know what? I, I, know. I really think that one of the mistakes that golfers make truly is is not having some sort of a pre-shot routine. Mm-hmm. And before you start to get off on me about how much time it takes for a pre-shot routine, we're not going full Bryson DeChambeau here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Amen, brother. We're talking about having a routine that gets you one mentally ready and focused, two physically ready, and three doesn't take longer than fifteen seconds. Okay. Okay. That's the operative consideration right there. There you go. It's got to be uh, those three parameters is mm-hmm. is how I'm teaching this because I want to make sure that people are in flow. I want to make sure that they're not thinking themselves to death, mm-hmm. detailing themselves into oblivion. If you can stand behind your golf ball and somewhat relatively quickly, you know, let's say a second or two and quickly see your target as in, I want my ball to end up there. Now that means that you've already taken into consideration all those places you don't want to end up like right. the water, uh, mm-hmm. the trees and the bunkers mm-hmm. and the thick grass and all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. You can quickly eyeball it and go, I want to be there. It's pretty clear. It's right there in front of me. I want to be there. Right. And then you'll figure out your distance to it. And that's information gathering right there. And then you've decided on your club. And this is when your routine chart starts is when you touch your club, put it in your hand and step behind your ball again and go, all right, let's go. And sometimes they include a practice swing or two. And sometimes they don't. Sometimes they involve staring down your target to tell yourself, I'm going to hit it to that particular spot. And sometimes they don't. But let me tell you, by the time you get stood over your golf ball, in your stance, club in both hands, tilted over, ready to strike it, 
your brain better be prepared to hit it to the spot you've chosen and your body better be ready to, to swing it, to hit it to the spot you've chosen. Mm -hmm. And if all that took 15 seconds or less, I'm a fan. Okay. You start breaching about 18 seconds and now everybody that you play with is going to go. Yeah. Sometime today, Sergio. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Where oh, it's got a couple little waggles to it or or not, but they're going <sighs> to. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do this every time. Really? Most most of the people I play with are not built well enough to have their uh, their their playing partners appreciate a waggle. If you know what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> I'm talking about a hands waggling the club. Oh, waggle. oh, that kind of waggle. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, wiggle. I got it wrong, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not jiggle. <laughs> let me let me ask a question, however, about this routine thing. I have found that when you actually take the club and point the club in front of you, you stand yeah. behind the ball and point the club where you want the ball to go, and yeah. then you, you do that imaginary line where you just bring the club down and see where in front of the ball it hits. It's yeah, usually do that. It's usually different than when you would aim if you're looking with just your eyes, for me, anyhow. It's, it's, yeah. it's always different and sometimes surprisingly different. That's one. Number two is the wrist waggle thing. Now, I don't know if it's science or if it's mental or what, but if I just waggle my wrist a couple of times, no matter what the club is behind the ball. Yeah. I swing or hit it much better. Yeah. Um, you know, it could be coincidence. Well, I don't know. I don't think it has anything to do with coincidence. I think it has everything to do with the fact that when you waggle, your brain is seeing your club go back and forth. You're just loosened up the thing that delivers your, your club to the ball, meaning your forearms and your hands and your wrists, mm -hmm. right? Okay. You just loosen those things up to perform in a certain way. I don't think it has anything to do with coincidence at all. I think it has everything to do with you're supposed to do something like that to prepare yourself to hit the shot. And another problem that I have always had is – Ball position. Mm -hmm. And then come to find out I had another problem I was not aware of until the last time I played golf with you. And that is that I didn't know when my club was club face was perpendicular to the ball. I had a problem actually seeing what straight was. <laughs> you did. And because you thought your club face was pointed in one place and mm -hmm. it was really pointed very much left of that place. I know, which and, and my balls my balls went left most of the time. Who Oops. knew? <laughs> you know? So now part of my routine is holding the club straight out in front of me and actually seeing what is straight up and down on the grooves. And when I do that, I find that ball position basically becomes automatic. There's just something uh -huh. about taking that move and setting the club down behind the ball that makes it so your body knows exactly where it should be. Huh. Huh. <laughs> it's almost like you knew it was going to happen, man. Kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. It's weird yeah. the way that works, though, man. I don't under I don't understand it, but it works, so I'm not going to question yeah, it. Yeah, I'm completely amazed at some of the times when you have this epiphany <laughs> of things that we've talked about for, let's say, what six years now on the radio show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, more than one time a week are we together talking about golf, and I happen to mention these things over the course of six years. Mm -hmm. I'm just waiting for that light bulb to go off. <laughs> And sometimes, you know, it's a dim room in there for a long time. And then all of a sudden, ding! Yeah. Eureka! <laughs> How about that? You know, the funny part about that, it's sad, really. It's funny to me and sad 
for your existence <laughs> on this because if it takes that long, that's just a longer time for you to play worse. I know. I know. You know, if I had known then what I know now. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have been a lot smarter and a lot happier <laughs> with your golf game. Yeah. But, you know, that, look, you're not alone, right? How about this? Here's the thing. You also had this mentality. and A lot of people have the mentality. This is another one of the golfer's mistakes. They're aiming at the flag the whole time. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what, what thing's in their hand. I got guys standing on the tee box on a par four with a driver in their hand going, where's the flag? <laughs> like, you're going to drive the green. <laughs> the dog leg, dude. Yeah. I'm going to hit it through those trees because the pin's over there. That's right. They're not thinking about where they got to play their next shot from. They're thinking they're going to aim it at the flag. They're going to fly it through those trees. They're going to rip down. Their ball has has teeth. It's like a chainsaw ball that they're hitting, you know, and they're going to blast it right through those trees because they're going to aim at the flag no matter what. Right. They're going to aim at it with their three wood. They're going to aim at it with their three iron. They're going to aim at it with their five iron. They're going to aim at it with every stinking club regardless because they think that they can flag any club. Mm-hmm. And get to stop. So is that just visions of grandeur or just not understanding how the game should be played? That's just dumb. <laughs> With well, multiple you U's. Can, you can call it visions of grandeur all you want. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. That's just dumb. dumb. When look, when you're standing there with one of those really long clubs in your hand mm-hmm. and that pin's sitting there on the right corner of the green, right behind a bunker, and there's a big slope behind the green, and there's a cart path behind it and out of bounds, and you're ripping three wood right at that flag. That's just dumb because that thing's not coming in real hot, you know, from a high place. It's coming in on a lower boring trajectory and that thing isn't going to stop. So let's just say that you can get it there, which as we all know, that's another one of the golfer's mistakes. And we're going after that one in a minute. But Let's just say that you are thoroughly convinced that you can get it there. And in fact, you can hit it that far. Mm -hmm. It isn't going to stay there. When it comes in on that low of a trajectory, it is going to bounce forward. And it is, if it clears that bunker, it's got to hit that flagstick in order to not just rock it on past. Because it's going to keep on keeping on. Path and out of bounds, <laughs> right? So let's just understand that, folks. <laughs> you got to have the right kind of shot mm-hmm. to stop on a green near a flag. It's a huge mistake that I see people make all the time is they're going to aim at the flag all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. They didn't just say, I'm going to fire at these flags with like nine iron on down because I've got control over the flight. I've got control over the height. I got control over the spin. I got control over the carry distance. Oh yeah. And by the way, I know where that pin is and it's also on a dead flat spot or maybe even it's, there's a, a hump behind it to stop my ball, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. They're not even thinking that. Nope. They're going at it with every single club. Yeah. And no wonder because they sit there and all they watch is highlights of golf on okay. TV. Okay. They, you know, think about when you watch a PJ tour event, they're not showing you all the bad stuff, are they? No, unless somebody really shanks one and they want to laugh at them. You don't see those bad shots. Right. But yeah. you also don't see the ones where people are ripping it at the flag and it never stays. No, no, never. And you look at that and you're like, okay, you don't, they don't show those shots because those aren't highlight reels. Mm-hmm. They always break to this guy who just drained a long 30-foot bomb or another guy who just holed one out of a bunker or another guy who just dunked one from the fairway from 130 yards. Or you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. all they put on the TV is the good stuff. Is stuff that they know is the good stuff, yeah. right? And then everybody starts to think that that becomes normal and that's how they should be playing golf. Mm-hmm. 
just going to fire it right at that flag because yeah. I'm going to make the tour because the tour guys do that. Because that's the way the game should be played. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy people. But you know how much time we got left? Because <laughs> I'm about to go off on the, I got enough club for this. <laughs> let's, let's do that when we come back. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because <laughs> yeah, I know how that rankles you. So yeah, this one's going to be fun. <laughs> we don't have anywhere near enough time now. <laughs> so basically, okay. bottom line, if you're not doing a pre-shot routine – then you're making a big mistake. Yeah, you got to prepare yourself yeah. to play the game, right? Yeah. You got to you got to get yourself ready to hit this shot. And everybody over the course of history has found that when they prepare themselves in approximately the same way, mm -hmm. taking approximately the same amount of time, they get into a comfort zone and they're confident playing the shot that they're trying to play. Right. Right. Cool. Instead of just randomly, I'm going to roll out of the cart yeah. And, and okay, yeah. I'll grab this club and walk up and hit it and find success. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. Not going to happen. It, All right, when really we come doesn't. when we come back, we are going to attack the Yeah, I've got enough club or otherwise known as Sure, I can get there from here. Right. Lots of luck. Hang out with us. We're coming right back. We're all those weekend golf guys. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us, facebook.com slash golf guys. You know, the Super Bowl's over. You know what's coming next? Baseball season. And you want to get up close and personal with some of the guys on your favorite team. What you need to do is go to spring training. Now, if you go out to the Cactus League spring training in the Phoenix area, you're going to get 15 Major League Baseball teams, 10 stadiums, all within the greater Phoenix area, and a lot of other stuff to do. You can go to the game. You can get your autographs. You can get up close and personal with the guys. And then take the family. I don't know. Go see the Grand Canyon. Go take your clubs and make sure you hit some of the golf courses around Scottsdale and Phoenix. Great course is there. But of course, it's Major League Baseball time. And, you know, a lot of us can't get to a Major League Baseball stadium. Spring training, 10 stadiums, 15 Major League Baseball teams. It's less expensive. It's much more intimate. And Phoenix is a lot of fun. Plan your spring training getaway right now. Go to visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. And we are back. Those Weekend Golf Guys, I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. More mistakes that golfers make, all of us, at one time or another. And this is the biggie. This is the, yeah, I can get there from here shot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, as a teacher, I'll start this off slowly. Okay. Nicely, Jim. <laughs> as a teacher, people come from a lot of places now because I'm getting people to hit the ball farther. Mm -hmm. They don't come because I'm getting them to hit it shorter and they never ask me for that. It's always hit it farther. Mm -hmm. And I always ask them, how far do you hit it mm -hmm. with this club? I don't ask how far you can hit it. Right. I ask how far do you hit it? And then we get to have a little discussion because they're always telling me about the one time where they took that seven iron and hit it 200 yards. <laughs> yeah. Downhill with a 40 mile an hour wind at their back. They didn't, yeah. They didn't bother to say <laughs> that on average, they hit it like most of the time they hit it 140. <laughs> right. They start to tell me that they hit it 200 yards. And I suggest something. And I say, so let me get this right. If I went out 
with you on the golf course right now and we stood on the 200 yard marker and I gave you a ball, a seven iron and a golf tee that you could hit that ball in that green a lot. And then they kind of look at me and go, uh, it's probably coming up short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that you mention it. So and then I could say, okay, so at what point do you feel like that we keep moving forward toward this green where I hand you a ball and a tee and a seven iron that you have the utmost confidence that you have the club in your hand that will get you to that yardage and get you onto that green in the middle of it. And then when I break out that little dose of reality with the question, now all of a sudden I start to hear things a little bit more honest. Mm -hmm. And then I ask, when, when did you hit that seven iron 200 yards? And usually it's, you know, I got a 50 some year old guy in front of me and kind of harkens back to when he was in high school. (laughs) (laughs) It's all nostalgic about it. Starts to tell me a story about it. Yeah. (laughs) Now I know where we are. Uh (laughs) He is living in fantasy land. That's it. (laughs) So now we start talking about reality of his golf today. And then we start to talk about the fact that he's got to recalibrate for age and lack of strength. And he don't want to do that. But nonetheless, that's the realm that everybody lives in as a golfer. They live in the world of reality. I have this club in my hand and I hit this thing more often than not. How far does it go in the air? Mm -hmm. And then how far does it roll out? And then there's that other dose of reality. They forget that they can't carry it the total distance that it goes. Right. It's got about 10 more yards of rollout on most shots. It'll fly at 140 and it'll roll out to 150. And then all of a sudden they got a 150 yard carry over water and they break out that same old club. Right. And yeah. they come up short and they wonder what happened. And they're one ball they go, down. Man, that must have been a lot of wind up there. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was at your back, but nonetheless. <laughs> the point is, not only do you have to be steeped in reality here, you also have to be knowledgeable about your own yourself and your golf club carry distances mm-hmm. in order to play better golf. And you need to figure so, those you need to figure those numbers out too from playing golf you can't really do it accurately on a range can you because yeah, the you circumstances you are different a launch monitor out there or you got something that tells you the exact distance well that's true right yeah. you know you got a range finder and you say okay here i am and i found this thing out there and it's 125 yards away from where i'm standing mm-hmm. to that object and then when you look at it and you hit that object and it lands right at that object, you hit that ball and it lands right at that object. You go, all right, there's a little bit of evidence. How did I feel like I hit that mm-hmm. normally or abnormally long or poorly? Right? right. And then you start to see some doses of reality of landing spot. Where did that ball hit the ground? Right. And then you can shoot where they're hitting the ground. You know, you just zoom in on, on something on the ground there or, you can find access to a launch monitor, an mm-hmm. accurate one. Right. Not those other versions that are out there for a few hundred bucks that really don't tell you because mm-hmm. they really don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty good on the short shots. You know, the, the, the pitch shots all, all the way up to, say, 150. Mm-hmm. They're pretty accurate on carry distance there. But beyond that, you got to have something out there that you know for sure where it is. So be careful on those driving ranges that have those movable targets that have numbers on them, mm-hmm. for example, or the fact that you're on a, a, a really wide, flat driving range that's not arced. 
and they got in the middle of the driving range, you got a little plate says 150 to that white flag out there in the middle. Mm -hmm. And you're about 60 yards to the right of it. And then all of a sudden you're not at 150 where you think, but you're hitting at the 150 flag because it, it was 150 from where it was measured. But you know, from that flag, it's all on a big old circle all Mm. around that flag from 150 yards. And you're outside that circle by quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. If you're 50 yards to the right of where that thing's pointed or you know measured from. So, I want you to understand that it's difficult if you don't have a rangefinder or something accurate to tell you how far it flew. You know, there's also but if a, you figure that out, yeah, you'll stop lying to yourself and you'll take the right club on the golf course and you play a lot better golf. There's also a big mistake that that uh, I used to make and uh, I've seen a lot of people I play with make, and that's basically, let's say you're on a par five and you know that you're farther away than you could hit your three wood. But you know that your three wood is the club in your bag that would get you the closest to the green. But it may not get you to a distance from the green that you have confidence in that next shot. See, I, I don't, I don't feel very confident with a wedge when I'm anywhere from 15 yards in. But you put me 85 yards out or thereabouts, 85 to 100 yards, and I have two clubs that I know I can dial in exactly to get there. So when you take your second shot, you should probably do the math to try to get to where your third shot's going to be something you know you can handle. You know, oddly enough, we've now delved into another thing that golfers, you know, don't do well. They make, they make mistakes mm-hmm. is they don't play to their strengths. Right. And what you just described is playing to your strength. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to have another shot, which one do you want it to be? The one you know you can make. I tell people this all the time yeah. when they're out there and they're, they're making decisions on the golf course about playing to their strengths or not. Sometimes they're blasted into the trees. John, I know that this has never happened to you. <laughs> blasted into the trees and they think they can get home. When in fact, getting home also has to cover some water and some bunkers. Yeah. <laughs> and they think they can get there. Then they try because they're not thinking about playing to their strengths at, at this point. They're basically not paying attention to the the standard rule of I've got two shots. Which two shots do I want? They think I'm going to get it there in one shot, ignoring the fact that it's really going to take them two. And then which two shots do you want? You've already described it. I'm standing there on a par five and I'm going to go play to my strengths. So I'm going to choose a club that gets me from here to that point. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So if it's an 85-yard wedge, so be it. Right. But what you don't want is you don't want that 15-yard shot because you think you can get the 85-yard shot closer than you can the 15-yard shot because of a level of practice. Yes. And therefore a little level of confidence. Right. I know. I had to to throw that in there. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Make sure that – at some point during the show, I pointed okay. out the fact that John's got to practice. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Slipping we'll it see. in there every chance I get, right? But the point is, a lot of golfers make these mistakes mm-hmm. in choosing how they're going to play, and they cost themselves so many strokes. You know, there's guys out there that have talent enough to shoot in the 70s. They strike the ball beautifully. Their ball flight's under control. And they putt really well. They chip really well. They do a lot of things really well, except pay attention. 
about what shot is the right shot at the time and go to play to their strengths. And then they go choose some shots that just cost them strokes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's not enough people out there that makes them, you know, smack themselves in the forehead right after they do it. <laughs> Going, Dang it. That right there is going to cost me. They need people like you and I playing with them because we'll look at that and go. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> All right. Let's bet on this guy. <laughs> Do you think anybody would learn if they, before they took a shot, you looked at somebody else you're playing with and said, I got five bucks as he doesn't make it. <laughs> or, or would it just make them that much more anxious to get it done? I don't know. And another well, thing. I think it makes them more anxious to get it done. I'm going to show you. That's for dang sure. <laughs> and the other question I have, their breath. the other question I also have is how come trees are so much easier to get into than out of? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a question for a whole nother day, isn't it? <laughs> that's one of the best golf questions around. Right? <laughs> that's just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's whether it's trees or just trouble in general. Mm -hmm. That's like a life question. How come it's easier to get into trouble than it is to get out of trouble? <laughs> it's all just about decision making. <laughs> yes, it is. I, I made a decision yesterday. Um, I was a, I was in trouble. I, I hit a nice drive, but strangely enough, it had a little bit of a um, cut to it. Yeah, and it it hit and it rolled right and it hit the cart path and and bounced and rolled some more but i found it i was only like 115 yards away from the green because i got a lot of cart path roll and Ooh. even though the lie How was that ball treat you How's, what's what's the the you know it had a little rash it had one little burr on it but that was about it it was nice really? yeah um it was in a decent lie and the only thing was there were two leafless trees between me and the green but i said because what would jeff smith do i looked at my wwjsd bracelet and um or what would jeff smith tell me to do and i decided that yeah i was gonna go to the right of the trees because i know how to hit a ball to the left because now that i've learned how to not hit a ball to the left what i was doing wrong I know if I were to do the wrong thing again, it'll go to the left, right? Uh, usually what you do to get yourself in that kind of trouble is the same thing that can get you out. Yep. And that's what I did. I set up. I said, this is the way I used to hit all my irons. It's going to go to the left. And I did, man. I hit it. It was nice and high, cleared the trees, not a problem, drew right in and landed on the green. And everybody was like, Ooh, that was a good shot. And I was like, yes, because Jeff yeah. taught me how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the question that they have to ask immediately right after is, um, did Jeff teach you how to get into trouble too? <laughs> <laughs> the answer officially all on the radio, yeah. I am here spouting this to the truth right now. Uh, no, no, <laughs> it is not. I did not teach him how to get himself into trouble. That's right. Because out of it. I, like most other golfers, am perfectly capable of getting into trouble on my own. I don't need anybody to teach me how to do that. But if you take a few lessons on how to get out of trouble, well, there, my friends, <laughs> lies the answer to a much better round of golf. 
Yeah. I agree. And I also figured out how ticked off you'd be because there were a few loose branches around the ball I got to move. <laughs> <laughs> but You're right, I would be ticked off about that. But again, that's 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 last week. <laughs> <laughs> so mistakes yeah. that you have made, and I guarantee you've made at least one, probably all of these at one time. So some suggestions. Stop it. Okay? Just stop it. All right. We'll be right back. Hang with us. We are those weekend golf guys. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golf guys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us. Facebook.com slash golf guys. I want to talk to you about my wife. She is a critical care nurse, works four 12-hour shifts a week at the hospital. Her niece hurt. And she's tried the Icy Hots and the Bengays of the world only to say, yeah, I got 20 minutes of relief. That pain is right back again. So I got this bottle of stuff in the mail. This is Omax Health. It's called CryoFreeze CBD. They developed it at Omax Health. It's a non-prescription triple action pain relief roll-on, specially formulated to block pain receptors, reduce inflammation, and improve muscle and joint flexibility. All right, so she rolled it on and went to work. Came back in the morning, and you know what she said to me? It works! Omax Health is offering our listeners 20% off a full bottle of CryptoFreeze pain relief roll-on, plus free shipping. Now, the discount also applies to anything, any product, site-wide on their website. Just go to OmaxHealth.com today. Enter the code WEEKEND and take advantage of this incredible savings. That is O-M-A-X-Health.com. And enter the code WEEKEND. You'll get 20% off CryoFreeze and anything else site-wide. OmaxHealth.com. Why don't you follow us on Twitter? It's very easy. Just go to twitter.com. We are at WKND Golf Guys. And we are back a few moments yet. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Together, collectively speaking, those weekend golf guys. Did you watch the uh, Super Bowl, man? I did. Okay. I did. I actually enjoyed it. Did you watch the halftime? Um, no, I really didn't. I heard there was a big flap about it, though. I told you about Shakira, and you did not watch. You know, I was with my wife. Uh, you know, bummer. <laughs> we were at, um we sat at timbergate golf course they had a bar and mm-hmm. they had a party they have a bar i mm-hmm. had one um and they had a party uh-huh. and we were up bopping around talking to people as you know there's probably 50 people in there okay i guess we're having a nice time some of the people had it on and i really wasn't going to watch it because i could kind of tell that it was uh it was going to be a show yeah that was not exactly going to be a family-friendly show, so I really didn't watch it. <laughs> well, I tell you, man, I don't want to be an ageist of any sort. Sha- <laughs> Shakira was 43 years old. Yeah. J-Lo's 50. Yeah. I couldn't move that well when I was 18. <laughs> but my daughter went to a party thrown by a Patriots fan, and they had a cake. It's a great cake. It, it was a Super Bowl cake. It said, whoever versus who cares. Go Patriots. <laughs> so, I got a feeling they're going to be using that every year for a while now. I think Ooh. so. I think so. That was over now. I mean, Super Bowl kind of is a demarcation point, And the next thing that we look forward to is the Masters Tournament. I mean, it's yeah. just around the corner. Uh, golf season for everybody is just around the corner. Yes, folks in New England, that snow will melt eventually. Michigan, you'll be able to see the ground again in another 45 to 60 days. So get the clubs cleaned because that's another mistake golfers make is they don't play with clean grooves. How much better can you play 
especially your short game, when you have clean grooves. Eh? You know, it really helps the strike. It really helps the uh, the flight and the spin. Mm-hmm. It helps the distance. It does. Yeah. And we're going to help your golf game today and for the rest of the year. Uh, check us out, thoseweekendgolfguys.com, facebook.com slash golfguys. Follow us there so you'll know every time Jeff comes on with a live Facebook live feed that's going to teach you something new. And, of course, you can always subscribe to our drinking and driving newsletter on any page at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Other than that, man, just uh, be back here next Sunday. Pick up your clubs, clean the grooves, and if you got the weather that supports it, go play some golf. You know, the Super Bowl's over. You know what's coming next? Baseball season. And you want to get up close and personal with some of the guys on your favorite team, what you need to do is go to spring training. Now, if you go out to the Cactus League spring training in the Phoenix area, you're going to get 15 Major League Baseball teams, 10 stadiums, all within the greater Phoenix area, and a lot of other stuff to do. You can go to the game, you can get your autographs, you can get up close and personal with the guys, and then take the family, I don't know, go see the Grand Canyon. Go take your clubs and make sure you hit some of the golf courses around Scottsdale and Phoenix. Great course is there. But of course, it's Major League Baseball time. And, you know, a lot of us can't get to a Major League Baseball stadium. Spring training, 10 stadiums, 15 Major League Baseball teams. It's less expensive. It's much more intimate. And Phoenix is a lot of fun. Plan your spring training getaway right now. Go to visitarizona.com slash spring training. That's visitarizona.com slash spring training. You know, golfers, we love gear. It's a big part of our game, and we put a lot of time and, and let's face it, a lot of money into getting it right, whether we're researching our next irons or maybe even testing out some new tees. But there is one important piece of equipment that we overlook, your golf cart battery. Most of us don't consider the quality of our battery. That That is until it dies, and we're stranded out in the middle of the course. That's why we want you to know about the Relyon Insight battery, the intelligent golf cart battery that utilizes intuitive software for better performance and fewer disconnects. The Relyon Insight battery is powered by lithium, not lead acid, so it charges faster, provides more range, and requires no maintenance. It's a drop-in replacement, so just connect and go. You can learn more at RelyonBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use our special promo code GolfGuys for 10% off. Plus, you'll get a free charger when you order two or more Insight batteries. Again, that's RelyonBattery.com slash GolfGuys and use promo code GolfGuys. And no other lithium battery compares to Relyon's. Order yours today. Some bonus content from October of 2018. Some confusion about tees. And we're back those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Got to remind you, cut golf balls, tour quality balls at 20 bucks a dozen. Actually, $19.95. And even less than that, if you go and order some at cutgolfco.com and use the coupon code at checkout, weekend golf guys, you'll get 10% off. So buy a bunch because they're great. Like we say, tour quality, it's the same stuff that you're going to pay 45, 50 bucks a dozen for at the big box store. Trust me, cutgolfco.com. Can we talk about tees? I had a strange occurrence on Sunday. You know, I've been using one of those big plastic last forever tees. I would say I lost it, but what I did is I put it in the wrong pocket and forgot to look for it. I put it in my back pocket rather than the front pocket where I normally keep my tees when I'm playing. They're so big, how could you lose it? Well, it didn't push into my skin, so I didn't even realize it was there. What can I say? Anyhow, what happened was I got up to the tee. I couldn't find it, so I pulled out just a regular 
long plastic, I think it was a zero friction. Mm -hmm. Just put it in. It's nowhere near as big as the one I was using, so it was a little hard to adjust. Anyhow. And you couldn't get the olive in it? No room for the olive. (laughs) But the ball was not as high as it is on the other tee. And I hit probably the best drive of the day. So good that when I did find on the next tee, the other tee in the other pocket, I just put it back in the bag and kept using the regular tees. Is there a difference in tees? Is there a difference in tee height? And is this something else that I have to stress over when I set up to play golf? Or or am I just being crazy here? Please don't stress over the tee itself. Okay. There's these little teeny itty bitty headed wooden ones that are skinny mm-hmm. and they're basically no resistance to them at all. You know, if you don't have a steady hand, you're going to have a hard time keeping a ball on it. <laughs> and then there's that other one that you just described that looks like you could drink a drink out of that thing. Uh-huh. Throw it, you know, throw right. a little olive with a toothpick into that stinking thing. Right. So, I mean, they, they vary. And, and some of them are tall and some of them are short, but let's talk about the height because that is actually matters. Okay. Let's, let's go with a couple things right away. The lower the ball is, the more down you'll have to move the club to go touch it, right? Mm-hmm. And the higher it is, the more up you'll have to go, go touch it, right? But right. let's understand that there's an optimum tee height for the kind of shot you're trying to hit. Okay. And also for the kind of club you have in your hand. For example... Please. Let's say, John, you've got your shallow-faced hybrid in your hand. It's just barely taller than the golf ball height itself. Mm-hmm. Golf ball is 1.68 inches, and the height or the height of the face is about two of that hybrid. Right. Some of them are a little less than that as well. So it helps to get the ball just a little bit off the ground, but not a lot, because you don't want to hit too low on the golf ball and too high on the club face. And it, or it'll just pop it up. Right. And at the same time, when you have a driver in your hand and they're about two and a half to three inches tall and they're bulbous and some of them are even taller than that. Some of them are almost two golf balls worth. Mm-hmm. Right. You want to tee that ball up a little bit higher so that it hits it a little higher of center on the face with a relatively level swing. Some people need to tee it higher and put it more out front because they don't have a lot of loft on their driver, and they're trying to hit and move the club face upward into the golf ball so that they can hit it a longer way, let the ball roll out, because it doesn't have a lot of spin on it because they were moving the club upward into it as opposed to downward. Right. So tee height affects the direction of the swing in terms of the up-to-down direction of the swing by quite a bit. Okay, so is there an optimum comparison? Because a lot of times you'll see golfers, even even the pros, they'll they'll tee the ball up and then set the club behind it and check and make sure. And sometimes they adjust yeah. the height. Where should the ball be? Is like on the on the tee as opposed to anywhere else on the course. But you're teeing up for your driver. Where should the ball be in relation to the face of your driver? Is there a okay. rule of thumb? There's a rule of there's a rule of thumb, right? Okay. And the rule of thumb is like this: the crown on the the, the head of the club, the top. Mm-hmm. where it meets the face, right? That top leading edge. Mm-hmm. Most people succeed when the equator of the golf ball is that height right there. Oh, okay. You want to be hitting that golf ball just a little bit below the equator, and you want the club slightly off the ground when you come through. So that way you're not swinging downward at it. You're swinging slightly upward at it and hitting it a little bit north of the equator of the club face. Okay. To b- below the equator of the golf ball. Okay. Got that? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's kind of a rule of thumb. Okay. But that also goes with ball position in relationship to the arc in your swing. So the closer you have it toward your armpit, mm-hmm. that club can be moving more upward coming into it. The further back it is, it's still moving a little bit downward. Right. So there are people who succeed with a lower T height than that. And there are people who succeed with a little higher T height than that. But that's a good rule of thumb. But it's again, a good starting point. But again, you would, uh, I'm sure, counsel us all that using that as a starting point, go to the practice tee and figure out what is the optimum height for your swing and your clubs and your ball. Before you go to the number one tee. Yes. To figure out your tee height. Yeah. Yeah. I like the the different uses of the word tea in that conversation. And then get some iced tea to take with you. There, we've used them all. Or you'll get teed off. (laughs) (laughs) Before you tee off. (laughs) I think we threw them all in there now. All right, at the risk of teeing people off, is there any advantage to tilting your tee a little forward? (laughs) I've seen people... With those monstrous-headed tees, do that. I've seen people with small-headed tees try to do that, too. Yeah, they try to do it, but it's a little harder, don't you think? It is much harder, (laughs) yes. I couldn't possibly fathom, out of all of the variables that actually have influence on what the golf ball does, Mm -hmm. that that tiny little angle of a tee has anything to do with it. Remember... It's just holding a sphere, Mm -hmm. a round golf ball, Mm -hmm. in place. Just because there's a little less friction from club to tee, if you actually struck the tee at all, that that minute thing could matter. That's got to be the smallest amount of measurable anything. (laughs) (laughs) that could be helpful to a golfer. And I'm not even certain it's measurable, and I'm not even certain that it's helpful. And yet, over the course of the last... Given the fact that the the ball sticks out behind the head of that tee, whether it's leaning forward or propped straight up in the air, and the club touches it, and then the ball leaves the face before that club actually touches that tee... I got a hard time thinking that anybody could think that that could be helpful. Okay. Despite the... Just go look at some slow-mo videos Mm -hmm. of a club crashing into a golf ball and see how quickly it's off the face. Right. And then think to yourself, could the angle of that tee that didn't get touched and just held the ball in place so the club could come in at whatever angle it was coming in and hit the back bottom of that golf ball at whatever it was hitting it, and the ball left the face in the tee, that that could have had any influence at all. I think you ought to take a look at that and decide for yourself. Okay. Um, That's the long answer to say no. <laughs> I'll, 
All arguments can be addressed directly to Jeff at thoseweekendgolfguys.com in case you've got some research that might prove otherwise. Because there have been, I would love to see that. There have been many, many hours and many, many computations that have tried to convince people that that indeed does make a bit of a difference. But anyhow, all right, we are going well, to talk. I say no, please prove me wrong. Yes, yes, please, please prove him wrong. I, <laughs> he's been right on so many occasions. I've got to get something I can argue with him about convincingly. <laughs> all right, we are going to talk with some uh, some fashion guys in the golf business, and uh, we're going to talk. It's funny, I saw my uh, my calendar said interview Ben Hogan. I went, whew, that's going to be tough. <laughs> Sure it is. Some uh, folks from the Ben Hogan Golf Company will be coming in to talk equipment, still in the tradition of Mr. Hogan himself. That and a whole lot more. It's coming up when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys live in the Cut Golf Studios. Don't go away. You want to see how great a golf instructor Jeff Smith really is? It's very easy. $5golfclub.com. The number $5golfclub.com. $5 